Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silwan. Great to be with you on this Wednesday. I hope the following phrase doesn't trigger you. Oh, say can you see (laughs) by the dawn's early light. Were you triggered? If you were, maybe you should quit listening. Why do I bring this up? Because I saw today that the Dallas Mavericks, you probably have too, have quit playing the national anthem before games. Now, it got me thinking. Maybe not what you would think, you know, maybe not immediately to wokeness and Mark Cuban and the right or wrong of the national anthem, but it got me thinking about the following. For the most part, professional sports exist as they do because of the fans that come to the game and the public, the taxpayers who fund their big stadiums. I looked this up. Sure, if I dug deeper, I could find something up to 2020. But I found this. Between 1990 and 2010, 84 new facilities were built for the 122 teams playing in the four largest professional sports leagues. Now, the construction cost of all those stadiums was $34 billion dollars. And guess how much of it came from public funding? $20 billion. Way over half. Almost two-thirds. Came from you and me. Not to mention all the other expenses that goes with those facilities. Yet, when 35 top economists were polled by the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, only one of the 35, believed that the costs were less than the benefits. 34 out of 35 believed that the benefits of sports subsidies did not outweigh the costs. They cost us money. Now, as the public, as taxpayers, as people, as communities, we're paying for these stadiums. And they like to say it's going to bring money. But really, if you look at the studies, it's definitely debatable. It's definitely not clear cut. And I would say the evidence falls on the side of what a community spends to keep a professional sports team far outweighs any benefit. Because that's not just money you put into it. That's money you didn't put into other places. That's $20 billion that didn't go into business investment, didn't go into schools, didn't go into roads. So at the end of the day, why are we doing it? We're doing it because for some reason we think it benefits the public good, that it's good to have a a professional sports team in your backyard. Not just for the rich athletes and the rich owners. You think it's for the public good. And when you understand that, especially the economics behind it all, what a slap in the face that an owner who most of the stadiums in their league exists because of public funding, quit playing the national anthem. 
Now, I've heard people commenting on this, say, well, we don't, you know, play it at everything you do. And, you know, do you do the national anthem when you go to work? But you don't get it. There's a lot of reasons to play the national anthem before a game. I'll leave the patriotic ones for someone else to argue. I'll just say this. When you're playing in a facility, when you're, when you're charging people what, what you do to go to games, when it's on TV, when you exist because of the public, you better recognize the public. You better recognize the nation that allows you to own that team, to get paid $20 million to play a sport. And what is the national anthem, really? What is it? What, what, what is it that must so offend the Mavericks or players or whatever that they're not playing? What is it? A little reminder of what the Star-Spangled Banner is. Our national anthem well, the lyrics for the Star-Spangled Banner come from a poem written in 1814 by Francis Scott Key. The name of the poem was The Defense of Fort McHenry. Now, that fort, Fort McHenry, although for some reason in the title they left the C out, Key recounts his witnessing of the fort being bombed by British ships in the Baltimore Harbor during the Battle of Baltimore in the War of 1812. The British trying to take back their country. As he watched this bombardment, as he watched this battle, he was inspired by the large U.S. flag with 15 stars and 15 stripes flying above the fort during the U.S. victory. That is what the Star-Spangled Banner celebrates our country surviving, the greatest country on the planet. Lord knows we've got our historical problems. Lord knows America's not always been perfect, but people move to America. They don't move away from it. If you don't think we're the greatest country on earth, you're an idiot. And that is what the Star-Spangled Banner celebrates. Now, there's actually four verses in the Star-Spangled Banner. I'm just going to read to you the first, which is the only one that's usually ever sung, that so offends the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban, and I'm certain some woke players that, you know, thinks that it represents oppression as opposed to our country surviving during the Battle of 1812. What are these words? Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? We've made it, think about that, we've made it through a night of battle. What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Now, folks, those rockets and those bombs are being sent towards us. What is he basically recounting? All these British ships bombing the fort. And the light of the bombs meant to kill, illumine the flag. And he sees that and he says, we're still standing. We're still fighting. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave 
or the land of the free and the home of the brave? What has allowed us to overcome our problems? Problems, by the way, that the whole world struggled with. Problems of inequality, problems of slavery, problems of colonialism, you name it. What's allowed us to overcome that, to get better and better and better? It's the fact that we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. Of course, now, people are afraid of the free and afraid of the brave. We're afraid to be patriotic. It disgusts me. It sickens me. It should disgust and sicken you. Go fly a flag today. I think it's like 10 degrees outside. I think I'm going to put the star-spangled banner on my radio, roll my windows down, and turn it up as loud as I can and just drive around town. Folks, we are the land of the free and the home of the brave. Act that way or you will lose it. Well, you'll lose it. We don't say the Pledge of Allegiance in schools anymore. We have generation of children that don't know where they came from, don't know what that means to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. It doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean we haven't made mistakes. It means we overcome. It means we move forward with freedom and bravery. And our history is littered with it. From George Washington to Martin Luther King, from Audie Murphy to the women of the suffrage movement, it's all brave. It all should be celebrated. That's who we are. It shouldn't be denied. It shouldn't be something that you're afraid to tell the world about. And to all you professional athletes and professional sports teams, if you don't want to be part of the land of the free and the home of the brave, quit taking our money. Quit taking our money. Politicians, quit giving it to them. That's who we are. That's who we celebrate. If these people put up on a pedestal and these Bright, shiny temples of sports can't celebrate what makes us great. They should not benefit from us. And I say that as someone who loves sports, loves youth sports. But, you know, youth sports isn't about money and temples and greed. It's about building character. It's about helping kids get the best out of themselves. You don't need professional sports to teach them that. Maybe you need that to motivate some kids because they imagine they're going to play for the Pacers someday, you know, being here in Indiana, but you don't need it. Not only that, when those professional athletes, teams, owners, start sending out the opposite messages of those things we try to teach our kids, I say, cut them off. Cut them off. So until next time, my friends, which will be tomorrow, a Thursday, fly that flag high. Play that national anthem loud and act like you are a citizen of a country that was defined by the free and the brave. Aim high, my friends. Spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Peace. You've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine.
For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Grill.